Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us on one of the biggest business events in Asia this year, the Asia Pacific Business Innovation Summit. Now we have a wonderful lineup of topics and guests for all of you. Today, we are joined by 16 tech innovators and leaders from around the globe in six sessions, talking about a variety of subjects, all meant to help organizations navigate the ever-changing business world. Now, to signal the start of this event, I would like to welcome TechOne Global and Anadoc co-founders, Lars Jepsen and Wasantha Wirakune, to share a few words on what we must look forward to today. Hi, Lars and Wasantha. How are you two doing this beautiful Wednesday morning? Are you both excited? Uh, yes, good morning, Ara, and good morning, everybody else. Thank you very much for the cool intro, uh, Wasantha. Good morning, Ara. You know, so it's a bit early now here. It's just uh, 7.15 uh, <laughs> where, you know, everybody's waking up uh, and a bit rainy, uh, but nice day. Sun is coming up. Okay, yeah. I, mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, we are all excited for, for, for today. And uh, I think we have almost uh, like uh, 600 attendees. So uh, thank you very much for everybody. I, in, in one end, like in Sri Lanka, it's a bit early. In the other end, uh, it's, uh, it's already midday and we have uh, uh, speakers from all over the place. So some of them are uh, just before going to bed and some of them are not even, you know, woken up yet. So uh, it'll be an exciting uh, day ahead. So uh, um, may, may I take the, the lead for the first uh, couple of minutes here and, and just uh, discuss a bit about, uh, you know, um, basically give a little view on our, uh, our program and uh, discuss a bit on the, uh, the, the situation. So, so in the past uh, uh, few months, uh, we have been in a very different uh, uh, situation. Um, and, but but uh, if you look at how uh, technology and digital transformation has been uh, um, proceeding uh, in the last few years, uh, uh, there's nothing much uh, new that has happened in the last few months that was not already kind of uh, uh, written in big letters all over uh, wherever you would uh, uh, point your face. Um, technology has been accelerating uh, tremendously over the last few years. I mean, if, if, if uh, we have a, a slide here from Deloitte uh, uh, talking about how the uh, 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 the connection between technology, individuals, businesses and uh, public policy has been accelerated and basically what happened uh, is that technology or technology companies um, are disrupting uh, industries uh, if you look at the names on the on, on on the right side of the screen a lot of these companies they don't see themselves as necessarily a a, uh, a logistics company or a transportation company but they see themselves as a technology company if you look at the how you value these companies it's, it's typical technology company valuation uh, methodologies um, so they have been taking advantage of the technology to drive business innovation drive consumer and client experience and of course individuals have been fairly uh, you know quick to adapt to something that makes life easier makes life more convenient and that has 
created a pull of the other businesses where you could say the technology and enabling individuals have then pulled in the uh, more traditional analog businesses. And this is what has happened in the last few months when we were in lockdown and uh, uh, some of us still are in a certain level of lockdown. We, we saw suddenly that those companies that used to provide us like brick and mortar uh, products, uh, restaurants, uh, uh, to to uh, all kind of services, uh, not services, but products that you need for your home and for your day-to-day -day life, suddenly became uh, a technology businesses as well. From everything from the remote farmers that suddenly uh, uh, were, were kind of locked up in a, 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 a uh, supply chain dilemma uh, where the consumers want their product, but they were not able to get their product to the market. Suddenly they became e-businesses. And, and um, within the first couple of weeks, we saw not so much change in terms of the, the, the public sector. Uh, public sector really, um, of course, first had to fix a lot of problems. It was about uh, quarantine passes, about uh, uh, you know getting uh, infrastructure up and running for the essential services. But but then we saw something else interesting happening. We saw that uh, as, as as the as the time extended, um, challenges for the public sector started to build up, and that really drove. Uh, a fast track of digital transformation in the public sector that is completely uh, unseen in our history. Suddenly you could go to court via a online meeting like the one we're having today. As a company, you know, we have enabled hundreds of, uh, uh, if not thousands of uh, uh, organizations in the region to go online in a platform like Microsoft Teams to enable them to, to have meetings, to take decisions and we have seen shareholder meetings online, we have seen uh, uh, parliaments going online, we have seen courts going online and of course our education system which is already in the process of slowly, slowly, some places more fast, some places uh, with a faster phase, some other places at a slower phase, already transforming digitally has been totally fast-tracked now because the kids are not going to school so they have to sit at home i mean i have a personal experience on uh, friday on thursday the 12th of uh, of uh, march we got a notice from our school saying that you know friday the 13th of march uh, our kids would have a trial run a dry run of homeschooling of online learning because the school wanted to prepare itself for the coming months if there would be a lockdown. And what happened over the weekend was exactly that. The kids have not been to school since that time. They have been at home, they have been learning uh, online. And, and, and I think so if you look at our uh, uh, society end to end, the technology, the individual and the business has in the in the past been fairly fast to drive this. But now you can see things completely uh, 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 migrated because our employees, ourselves, our citizen, everybody are basically online at any time. Uh, we might wear a face masks these days, but uh, besides that, we are still, uh, you know, uh, connected using our devices and now we can see the importance of that in 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 uh, in bringing the rest of society in here. Basanti, you have something to add on that? Uh, yes, Lars. Uh, you know, I happened to uh, so after the three months of this uh, lockdown, 
uh, yesterday was uh, probably the first time uh, I had a chance to, uh, you know, go out and have a physical meeting. And what we saw, you know, like what I what I what I saw was uh, what was left with us. This, uh, you know, the situation is the face mask, just you said, you know, uh, but uh, we have been seems to be forgetting about the social distancing, you know, especially in Asia. Uh, the, the social distancing, maybe it is difficult with what is the infrastructure, what is available. So I'm, 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 I'm seeing that uh, like two days back, I heard uh, China again uh, bringing some warnings about uh, there could be another outbreak. So uh, with 8 million, on, only 8 million people being infected, I think uh, Corona is not going for, uh, for good. And it's going to be there, but of course we are getting used to the new norm, or the new normal, right? And uh, so in the, in the in this scenario, uh, in the lockdown, of course, you know, as you as you mentioned last, uh, everyone in this in the society had to be digital citizens. You know, from kids uh, who used to, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you give them a phone, he used to play games were joining to uh, uh, class sessions, school sessions, uh, using mobile phones. And so I think the IT was used uh, maximum uh, to the productivity, uh, you know, than the entertainment. I, I, we, in the first few days, it was entertainment. I saw that even my, my I don't have small kids, but my kids are bigger. So uh, they're still kids, you know, parents. Uh, so they were watching Netflix for, I think, for a few days. And definitely uh, beyond the point, what happened was they realized that, oh, we need to do something. And uh, they started doing online exams. You know, they were learning and there were a lot of, uh, uh, you know, even they started conferencing with us because actually they are not living with us. So so we, we had our social times on that. So I think uh, there is some residuals left behind. One is the face mask, the other one is learning how to use digital uh, technologies. So I think to uh, I think I think that's that's the foundation. So yeah. I think you will be talking about uh, the next slide. So you know I would I would just yeah, I, it over I, to you. Uh, yeah. uh, you know I think this is a slide uh, for those of you who have attended some of our uh, in-person events over the last few years. Uh, this is not. Uh, a new slide actually this is uh, the three stages of uh, digital transformation and and uh, there was some joke circulating about you know whatever we have done in terms of uh, trying to uh, get this uh, uh, process going it was covid that fast tracked really digital transformation in our society um, but but uh, um, uh, bef before before going to the digital transformation uh, we have been uh, uh, looking at how to uh, help companies, organizations at various stages to bring them there. There's, there's no doubt about the digital transformation and the outcome that comes from that, which uh, I will share in the next slide in a few minutes. But before that, uh, you know, the, 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 the process of getting you in the digital transformation mode is very much about getting things ready. I mean, we, 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 we see all over the place organizations that could not work from home because they are they have documents in the office they have papers that they need to go and uh, do something they could not uh, do bank transactions they could not do employee transaction they could not fulfill orders they could not receive payment they could not uh, uh, prepare payments simply because their processes are depending on paper not only because the companies are like that but because the infrastructure is like that uh, uh, there might be uh, 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 rules and regulations locally that uh, uh, that we have to follow that are paper based. So 
Fixing the past would basically allow you to, at least on your own side, whether you are a public sector organization, you are a school or you are a business, transform yourself by using technology, starting by digitizing your, your workflows, starting by digitizing your documents, making yourself as independent on the analog uh, uh, world as possible. Then take that to the next step and focus on the present. What are the things we can improve now? And, and things like, for example, uh, e-signature is something that suddenly has been uh, you know, accepted very widely because uh, of the need. The need is, uh, is higher than the perceived risk of uh, digital. So, so we had this uh, uh, notion in our region. When I said our region, I'm talking about uh, APAC. And, and some countries have been very forward uh, in terms of uh, you know, using technology for digital banking and stuff. But at the end of the day, many, many countries in this region demand you to bring a piece of paper to uh, to do your transaction. And, and also consumers, I mean, I have friends who have still a bank uh, book, you know, the past book that they, they go and check uh, in the bank if there's any updates on anybody receiving a payment and so on. So it's not only what we call the boomers, which is basically my age and older who are like this. There are still a lot of people in, 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 in our society that are not ready for this digital transformation. So focusing on the present basically allow you to uh, transform some of these processes into a digital process which leads you to the digital transformation and and the digital transformation then creates an outcome if we look at the next slide you will be able to see where the digital transformation basically creates a, a, a value uh, on three different areas so so uh, a, the strategy that you have to build uh, will be around uh, the system of intelligence and uh, if i can have the next slide please then uh, you will be able to see that, yes. So the value creation, the customer satisfaction and the business continuity, this is the, this is the purpose of the digital transformation. And, and this is what we are talking about today. You know, the Vasanta and myself, uh, mostly myself, is going to back off in a few minutes and then we are going to hand over to uh, the real experts uh, of uh, specific uh, parts of this uh, story. So how can we use digital transformation to create a system of intelligence that allow us better uh, 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 customer experience. Customers is external customer, internal customer, citizens. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's how we transact. Uh, how do we make sure that when these uh, uh, situations happen, that our business can continue uh, on its uh, own on a remote control? Uh, you know, as a tech company, we have been able to do that. Mostly, uh, you know, we can deliver. Uh, we have delivered, as I said, uh, uh, more than 1,000 organizations. We have delivered services in this past three months from home. Our people have been working from home. We have had nobody in the office. In fact, we have to change all of our, uh, you know, plans because uh, there was nobody to go to the office to to water the plants even. So, so we have been able to still deliver. A, a, a government uh, uh, have gone online with uh, uh, our solutions in in uh, one country, having the parliament online without us going there. So, so, so this is the kind of uh, 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 future we are talking about, present or future we are talking about, and that's what we are discussing today. Vasanta, you have anything uh, on on this one before we lead into the uh, kind of uh, next uh, uh, discussion? 
Yes, last you know, so just uh, a minute, you know, I wanted to also welcome all our speakers from all over the world, uh, and some of them are just about to go to sleep, and some of them are waking up, and all the attendees. I want to welcome all of them, and um, just to uh, to add, I will be talking about uh, this uh, the uh, the three pillar uh, strategy on the the and, in, or, and using for the process automation in later in in, in a session. We will be going uh, uh, deep diving into that one to understand how we can use uh, these technologies for uh, to win. To win, you know, everyone wants to win. So that's uh, uh, that's it from my side, and I would say welcome everyone and. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, and uh, before I, I lead over to uh, to the team to continue with the first session, here's an overview of uh, all the sessions we have today. So uh, uh, we are already uh, uh, one minute or two minutes into the first session. So uh, without uh, further ado, I will hand it over to our uh, um, moderators to take the next uh, uh, slides ahead and uh, uh, introduce uh, the speakers in the first session. Okay, thank you. thank you very much for that, Lars and Wasantha. Uh, now we look forward to learning more from you in the next sessions. I'm sure those are going to be exciting, exciting topics. And speaking of which, stay tuned because our first session is about enterprise content management and CRM solutions. To help us out with this, I would like to call on my co-host, Rochelle Reyes. But before we switch over, I encourage you all to grab a cup of coffee, get comfortable in your chairs, and enjoy a day of innovation, inspiration, and insight. Rochelle, the floor is all yours. Right. Uh, thank you, Ara, for that warm introduction, and I hope that you are all prepared for a day of insight and innovation. So uh, once again, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the very first session of our APAC Business Innovation Summit. So in this session, you will learn the best practices on enterprise content management and customer relations management to understand how this can be a focal point for your businesses. So um, it is my great pleasure to introduce our three experts in the field. We have uh, first uh, Walter Koch, AIIM, ECM consultant and founder of Imageware. So uh, Walter is an international instructor for certified document imaging architect program at Computing uh, Technology Industry Association in USA and the AIIM ECM certification program at the Association for Information and Image Management. We also have Murali Krishna Rajagopalan, General Manager of Enterprise Cloud Applications and Platform Services of DXC Asia. Murali is a senior leader at DXC Asia with over 25 years of international experience in IT outsourcing services and business development. And last but not that, uh, the least, we have Lars Jeppesen, Chief Executive Officer of Enadoc. Lars is a passionate IT entrepreneur, business adventurer, and guerrilla marketer who comes with a wealth of experience in enterprise content management, content services platform, RPA, and workflow automation. So uh, thank you, speakers, for joining us today. How are you guys? Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for the introduction. Great. Thanks very much. Thank okay. you very much for the introduction and good evening. For me, it's now yeah. 11 p.m. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So are you guys Right and early. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we have an exciting 45 minutes ahead of us. So 
without further ado, let's get started, all right? Um, digital transformation has been a buzzword these days, with companies seeing this as a vital uh, component in their business continuity processes. Can you give us an overview how ECM and CRM uh, fits this concept? Uh, yes, maybe. I can. I can uh, start a bit so the two gentlemen can uh, can uh, get in the thinking uh, on that. Uh, but I will be very brief because I already talked a lot. Um, I I think uh, we have we have seen in the in the past uh, CRM uh, and ECM as two different uh, uh, way of uh, uh, managing information in our organization. Uh, one has been more uh, backend oriented, uh, uh, backend processes. And one has been more uh, uh, front end. Uh, uh, now we are seeing these two uh, uh, merging together because of the uh, digital transformation that most organizations are going through. We need to improve the client experience. We need to improve the the, the citizen experience. And this really brings a CRM should really be called something else today. It should be called uh, a client uh, experience management. And ECM is already uh, uh, changed to uh, content services. So when you bring these together, you really deliver uh, a, a, a more front-end solution where uh, uh, clients and, and consumers and, and uh, uh, other stakeholders have the benefit of a, uh, a uh, combined resources in the organization, meaning that you don't need to provide the information again and again because it's already there. If, for example, you go to the uh, bank and want to uh, uh, open a new account or the telco and want to have uh, a, a new internet connection online, uh, uh, you you will be asked to provide your uh, residence uh, documents, your proof of uh, residence, your employment certificate over and over again, where when these uh, uh, solutions are combined, you will have a much better drive to to uh, deliver a a more seamless uh, 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 experience for the the client. So so that's uh, uh, my my take on it. I will leave it to uh, uh, Walter and Morali to, uh, to 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 bring it further. Thank you, Lars. Uh, I would like to go back to a basic concept. Uh, about what is ECM in the next slide, please. And we can see here, we are not just talking about the, the, the process to manage the document lifecycle. We see here we are talking about to capture and create content in different channels. We have their emails, Twitter, Messenger, images, papers, and so on. I need to put this stuff together and to put it together, I will need to have a taxonomy. I need to have metadata that allows me to organize all this content. And then I'm able to make this content available to people who work on that, collaborate on that maybe even to do and search and retrieval to finally make this content available uh, again through different channels to publish, to deliver it. But uh, the, the point here regarding to the question is to make this uh, document lifecycle really work and, and, and really help in a business continuity, I need to have an information architecture 
who gives me support to that. Uh, and we see here in this uh, information architecture layer, definitely I need to have a classification scheme or a taxonomy that I will use to organize my content. And this content need to be nominated. This means I need to have a set of metadata who really allows me even to correlate this content with other systems and so on. And here I will, based on this classification and the metadata, I am able really to define my security levels. I can use this to say, okay, who can see what in which document? I also will use this information architecture layer to define what is the retention period of this content. Please remember that in some parts of the world, we start to have things like G GDPR uh, and, and, and similar regulations where you must get rid of a content after a period of time after the usage. And here's the compliance point. This means that I really am able to implement my disposal, I need to have the metadata for the content by itself. I need to have my, my retention uh, period table uh, giving me uh, uh, the rules that I will use to do the disposal. Then coming back to the question, the first point is I need an uh, uh, information architecture and normally this information architecture related to security and to compliance is provided by this information architecture. Coming back a little, going back, going a little bit further in the next slide, uh, we can see one of the points that even Lars have addressed before. Uh, we see here in the center, they are putting really the data sources. Uh, and, and when we talk about the data sources, here we are talking really about our data models, uh, we are talking about uh, metadata modeling and so on. Uh, and, and we can see that these data sources, they will help us to manage, to regulate the usage of the content. First of all, in intelligent content automation. Uh, Lars was using previously the expression content services and ECM. In the matter of the fact, the industry is growing and several people are, are using different expressions. You will find intelligent information management. You will find intelligent business automation and so on. It, it doesn't care. The thing is, I, I need to have the capture. You see in the intelligent content automation, the thing starts again with capture. I need to have the capture. I need to have the management of the content by itself. And here we are coming back to the taxonomy, to the metadata, to the retention and so on. Uh, and I need to have the governance of all of that. Uh, the governance was also in the previous slide, but I have not mentioned this. But in the matter of the fact to assure that I really will be compliant with my content and secure with my content, I need to have a governance of that. But then we have the intelligent expression because artificial uh, intelligence is definitely uh, uh, entering in the content management industry. And this is why they are calling intelligent content. You see, they talk about intelligent capture. We use a lot of intelligent technologies today to extract information from, from documents. Uh, we, we are talking here about uh, predictive content and so on. So, in the moment that I have this content, we see that the content is basically related to two things. The first thing is process automation. 
Uh, and this is make totally the sense. You you see that uh, in our summit here, the next block will be about process automation uh, because definitely the process needs a content. I will use the process to make the content flow around. Uh, uh, this means we have here since starting with workflow going to BPM, RPA, uh, and now uh, um, new technologies even using uh, intelligent uh, artificial intelligence and also the process governance and you we have a total relationship because content without process goes nowhere and process with no content makes no sense uh, this means that the, the two they, they, they need to 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 walk together but then we have the other integration here, what was mentioned previously by Lars, and, and definitely this is the nice point of, of, of this session, is the strong relationship that we have from the content point of view with the process applications. Uh, you see the number one here is CRM, uh, but we have other uh, process applications like ERP that also depends uh, a lot of the usage of good content repositories. Uh, and this is the way that I would like to position uh, uh, ECM here in your question, say, okay, we are taking care of the content, uh, allowing process application to make the best use of that, and also giving support to the process automation. Thank you. If I can add, sorry, uh, this is. You want to skip to the next slide, please. Uh, if I can add to what uh, Walter has just been suggesting and Lars uh, previously spoke about, the key to content, and I know from speak, we can use the word content is king. But if you look at the whole process behind content and how we collect content across different spheres of our working life, we collect content about the consumer, we collect content about the process, how we run the business process and so on. But all this needs to be managed very efficiently. And in a context of business continuity, having content and not being able to use this is no business continuity for us. For us to run the business, you need to be able to gain access to that content securely and in a very efficient manner. So the way we organize content has to be very efficient, very secure and given today's context of the business model, every organization, every country has its compliance rules around data, GDPR, PDP and so on. So every time we collect content, it's for us to make sure we have not only organized the content in a way it's efficient for us to access at any point in time, but also securely. The other aspect of that is because of the nature of the content we are collecting and bringing everything together, there's this multi-channel acquisition we're doing, video to data to collecting. In today's uh, world, we are collecting contact tracing information about people. We're using QR code as information gathering systems. So all of this need to come together and to what Walter was saying about the metadata layer of this content management. It's a given that today's world needs the content to be stored in a very secure manner, number one but also allow us to automate the business process because you have so much of information that's available. How do you automate all of this together? That's a key to having a content, automating the content for easy access and retrieval. Last, I just want to touch upon two quick things about content. You know, when we talk of load of content being stored today, and there is a lot of issue around how it is stored, who has access to the content. I think from a business continuity perspective, 
purposes. Key is to make sure you actually vaulted your content securely. Those relevant information has to be secured. That for all of us here on this call, people listening in, a key today is to be able to securely have the data accessible, but also secure that gives your consumers the confidences these people know they are securing my data. So I am confident I can trust them with my data. That's a key to what we call business continuity. The last portion on this insights, right? Because we have so much of data, all of us are collecting data, we, are, we have the ability to have a lot more insights being generated. We talk of analytics. This is the key part of insights is because of what Lars and Walter mentioned earlier, the customer experience. We are moving away from talking of selling something to consumers about giving them an experience. To give them that experience, you need to generate that amount of insights for yourselves and for the consumer. How do you let the consumer know? I know your needs. I know what tastes matter to you. I know what your buying experience is like. That comes from insights. Again, that's why content becomes so important because you need to find a mechanism to be able to search, find and reuse that information. So you not only catalog it correctly, you tie in different pieces of information around that user. Right. That, uh, next slide, please. Just a quick touch upon. I just wanted to add a quick point. Very important point, right? We should know what information we have. And when do we want to use that information? These are two key aspects of content management and all ties back to when we talk of business continuity. We are today's world. We are running business at last and even watering the plants in the office. It takes that effort. You need to know what plants you have <laughs> and how much of water they need. So either I change the plant. That is content for you. That is how you manage your content, right? You need to be aware of what information you have and how do you use them? And then you automate this whole process and Walter touched upon the process automation. Absolutely, right? Even how do you retain the data? How often do you need to expire the data expiry period, retention period? All this can be automated and enforced. Once you set the policies, you can enforce it. And that's why when you talk of content being king, it is based on the content you have. You drive some of these policies. Mm. Thank you. And back yeah. to you, Rochelle. Right. Yeah, I, I agree on what uh, you said on this, Lars, uh, Morelli, and Walter. Uh, just to also share my um, insights on this, you know, as the CRM lead, I was able to experience it uh, firsthand, how comfortable and efficient uh, it is in terms of, you know, managing data and extracting relevant uh, information uh, with CM and CRM uh, working side by side. So um, uh, moving on, uh, what is the current industry looking like? Uh, for both ECM and CRM. Uh, did anything change uh, in terms of customer buying uh, behavior for these two? So uh, I, I can start. Uh, uh, so I, I think uh, um, it it ties in very interestingly this question in in uh, what uh, Morali has just uh, uh, talked about. Um, the, 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 there's two main drivers that we see, which is uh, the the business continuity, which is what we have seen in this past uh, few months, uh, that that uh, uh, having the information ready uh, in the cloud or at least in a data center where you can access the information at the time that you cannot get to the office has been a paramount of uh, importance to organization to be able to continue. But that also leads into now in this in this case, what happened was that we got detached from the information, 
uh, the information was over there, but we are here. I mean, we are at home. I, we having all fake backgrounds. It looks like we are in the office, but in fact, we are sitting in our living room. We are sitting in our bedroom. We are sitting in our garden and running the business. We have been detached from the information because the information is not available. So th that is a part of this business continuity. But sometimes it's not us who get detached. It's also the content get detached. And what, what happened there is that when we have a disaster, uh, we have a fire, we have a, uh, a, you know, a, a, a fire that burns down a building, or we have uh, uh, other things like uh, uh, water, or there are so many things can, can ruin your information, whether it's already on a, 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 a computer system or a data center, or it's in a paper format in a remote storage. There's so many things that can either detach you. We had in, 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 in Philippines, I'm based in the Philippines, we had in the in the past year, we had so many times that it was not possible to go to the office, either because of a volcano or because of typhoon or because of uh, a pandemic. But at the same time, we have those day-to-day -day disasters happening as well. We have flooding, we have uh, 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 leaking air conditioning, we have all of those small things, faulty electrical connections that creates uh, fires, all those things are also happening. So more than ever, these things bring in the requirement for uh, digital transformation. And that's driving the behavior of the client is that people are saying, well, okay, uh, it doesn't look like this is going to stop. So we better do something about it. So so I think that has been changing uh, the, 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 uh, the, the behavior. Um, Actually, the, the, the consumer experience, honestly, have taken a big of a backseat the last few months. It's not, we, 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 we understand that when we send a complaint email or when we call a call center that they might not be able to fix our problem that fast because they are working with less people and have less, less access to information. So it has been all about not how fast or how smooth things got done, but the fact that they got done. That was more important and I think uh, the, the, the basics of the digital transformation, which is fixing the past, that is a big driver in the next six to 12 months. You need to get on board that you are not anymore depending on your analog uh, 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 processes in your organization because it's not going to change. After this, there will be an earthquake, there will be another typhoon, there will be another volcano, or if it's not here, it will be over there. Uh, you know, we are, we, are, we are living in a global economy and there will always be something happening somewhere that will create a, a, a need for uh, the independence on analog uh, processes. So that's my view on that. Volta uh, uh, and, and Morali, maybe you can add as well. Yes, I would like to add with the next slide, please. Uh, in the matter of the fact, I would uh, like to go back to the slide that you have used previously, Lars, where you were showing the three waves of the digital transformation. Yeah. In the matter of the fact, we have exactly the same thing here. Uh, the first wave that you call digitization uh, is what we have here in 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 the in the first uh, row where we have here. In the beginning, there was, and definitely, this industry started in the 80s, focusing on paper. Uh, and here we start to to consider, okay, how we can get rid of all this paper. And then, document imaging and workflow was the first big step, based on the concepts that was were learned here. 
the industry developed upon that. Uh, the second wave, which was the enterprise content management, where we start to get all the kind of content, not just paper forms, but voice, audio, uh, 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 social media transactions and so on. And also to have the capability to manage the process in a better way with the usage of BPM. Then you mentioned as the second wave, the digitalization. Uh, and in the digitalization, I start to put all the stuff together uh, and I'm, I start to look here really to case management. Uh, and when we talk about CRM in the CRM, at the end of the day needs to have a case. Uh, you, you will have the case of the customer. You will have the case of your product. You will have the case of the regulations and so on. Uh, this means when I put all of that together, I really start to talk about this uh, second digitalization wave. But mm. now we are talking about the digital transformation. And here, uh, the, the, the big thing is uh, we start to add to all of that the artificial intelligence. We start to put RPA, uh, the two of the things that I'm mentioning here, blockchain and other new technologies, allowing me to enhance uh, the management of uh, the systems. And this is also why we are talking about evolution, not just in the CM industry, but also in the CRM in the in industry, as was mentioned previously. Uh, we are talking much more about customer experience, and here we are talking about much more about intelligent business automation. This means uh, definitely this is an industry that is not from today. It started in the 80s. This means we have now 40 years here, uh, history practice, uh, and it will grow uh, now, I'm sure, a lot with the new things that are happening worldwide. Thank you. If, uh, sorry, Morali, if I can just add a, a little snippet here. It's interesting that there's uh, uh, the, the the graphics is not uh, very clear, but uh, uh, it's very interesting that there's a little, you know, down to the right side, a little icon, and then there's the word compliance, where actually if you look at the buying behavior we talked about earlier, uh, uh, you know, if you go back six months, Compliance was the main driver. Now business continuity is a main driver, but we are going, you know, we are not going to be in the business continuity uh, debate forever. We will go back and compliance is basically should probably be the whole background of this slide because from end to end, this has been driving a lot of the uh, investments in the last few years is about compliance. Even when we talk about keeping your private data safe, of course, we are talking about both uh, data that is collected in processes, but we're also talking about, uh, you know, uh, the the uh, uh, enterprise content that is created uh, inside the company and, and taken from outside the company. The compliance has been built around keeping that secure and private. And every uh, country now has a, a data privacy act or GDPR or whatever uh, to make sure that individuals, consumers uh, and businesses data is private. So so those have been uh, uh, very much driving this. The other thing is that uh, the slide is saying in the beginning there was, but I think there still is. Uh, there's a lot of organizations which are not ready to go for the intelligent business automation, which is still in the start of this, which has not 
done the basic of being able to process the information automated automated because they are still in the imaging and workflow kind of uh, 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 era and and that, that that is not necessarily bad because it means that they can uh, leap into new technology when they go into these process they don't have to go through all the pain that a lot of other companies have gone through in all the years so that is just a, a, a small snippet and and morally you might have something to add as well I just wanted to touch upon it on the next slide, please. The whole conversation is around the customer engagement, the customer experience. Has the buying behavior changed, right? And add to all this context. Yes, buying behavior has changed. The consumers are definitely in control to what Lars and Walter just mentioned about even the compliance aspect. It is because of the awareness. The consumer knows he's sharing his information. His first point is, how are you going to keep this information? Is the information going to be safe? Why are you collecting this information about me, right? That drives how they behave in terms of what they want from you as a service. As you buy a product, they buy a service from you. It is about that experience. What is happening is to all the ideas around data being collected, digitalization, digitization of it, the disruption is how they view this information. So our clients, our, our clients, consumers, if I want to use the word, they define for us how we disrupt this whole journey of content and CR, content management and uh, C CRM to that effect too. Second is what is happening around all this transformation is happening is it's a holistic management of content. You're changing the business. You're changing a business model because you're serving a new breed of consumers mm. because that experience is what is driving your change customer experience. So everybody in this value chain, as they call it, is looking for that return. Right. Mm. So what is happening around this is when we as organizations have to look at what change we bring to our company, the process, the digital nature of the change we're bringing, it is because of the consumer, the client experience. Today, the word has changed from even customer experience to something called customer engagement. Right, it's a 360 degree engagement of the consumer, Absolutely. not just what he bought today, what he's going to buy. You are now looking at 360. What has he done? So if I can just quickly jump to the next slide, I just want to touch upon that, uh, Richard, just a quick uh, touch upon the next slide, right? I just wanted to show you in a very quick way as a consumer, what happens? Today's consumer is so savvy about the experience. It's a customer engagement, we call it today. As a simple example, just to show you different forms of data coming at the consumer from different directions, he needs to process all this together. That's why the content is such a big item here. It's real time, it's dynamic in nature, the content is coming to the customer. He wants to make use of this data to serve a business purpose. He's wanting to achieve an outcome. How do I get all this together? Lot of data coming at them. You know, we talk of flight tickets, the flight schedules. Does he have a car pickup? Is his client ready for the meeting? Which floor in the building he has to go to? Is there a change in the meeting time? All this can come together. He can repurpose his entire journey, right, for that particular day. And that is what this is whole thing is about, a collaborative experience that comes to a consumer because he knows he can get all this data Drop off, you can touch a finger, everything is available to him automatically, right, today? Mm -hmm. And that yeah. is content. How do I serve the content securely? Okay, back to you, Rachel. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think it's really important, uh, you know, that we are able to make the process convenient, uh, efficient, and also secure for our clients so that uh, we'll be able to provide them uh, the best customer experience. So um, in line with that, uh, there is a view 
that implementing ECM and uh, CRM are expensive projects to undertake and uh, is an uh, inaccessible to small players in the industry. So uh, uh, what, I, what's your opinion on this? Uh, if I can take that very quickly, right? If I go on the next slide, I think it's very interesting. Everybody today in the world, and we are looking at uh, the journey, the customer journey. Who are these customers? Many organizations are now going D2C. It's called digital direct to consumer. And the reason they are going is because of the small, medium business enterprise that are available. They serve our customers. There's so much of data available. Every enterprise across the globe today, it's not region specific. A lot of data points from research houses point to this fact that enterprises of all sizes are adopting CRM. When they talk of CRM, they talk of content behind it. So there is that, and I'll just quote a quick word from one of these uh, forums that came up, is the rise of small medium business. They are all part of the current digital era. They are all, most of them are born in the cloud as they call it. So they're aware of technology. They're aware of digital marketing. They're aware of the digital data that's available to them quickly. They are attracted by third platforms, innovation accelerators that are available. And what has happened is they bring innovative solutions to market. So definitely, definitely from my viewpoint, small medium businesses have the ability to adopt to CRM and ECM. They can bring the innovation to the consumers much more faster. And I will add one quick point very recently that came about direct to consumer. Many of the large brands, Heinz as an example, they have started direct to consumer. Right, and this tells me that the market in this place is competing against small and medium business because the small and medium business are already in the digital economy. They bring digital platforms to the consumer. Right, and just to add one last point on this, you know, uh, we talked about analytics and insights and all that. Today, if you look at the customer, they take this data management, right? Customer data management practices. You collect data from various sources. Organizations take a very tactical approach in many cases previously. Today, it's a multifaceted approach. I get this data in a video. I get this data from uh, collecting data from CRM surveys and so on. But how do I bring all this together? The customer mm. expectation is definitely, I'm your consumer. You need to give me the same experience wherever I am. Right, that is a message every consumer gives us today. Hey, you know me, right? I don't want to come to you repeatedly and tell you my, you know, date of birth or my photo. I don't want to give you this. And yeah. that's why when you have this data, you need the speed because mm. the consumer expects you to deliver the service. Now you already know about me. There is going to be increased demand for agility. As Gartner says, demand for increased agility will drive organizational change development. So for us, I think the bigger organizations of the world will start to compete against the SMBs because they are much more agile. I think that's yes. how I would view this business. Back to you, Lars and Walter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I would like to add to add two points. Uh, the first one is uh, I, I would rephrase your question and say uh, ECM was expensive. Uh, and, and I say ECM was expensive because it definitely it needs storage and storage in the past was expensive uh, and it need network bandwidth and network bandwidth in the past was expensive. But today with the available networks that we have with cloud concepts and so on, uh, all this costs that we have related to the infrastructure to put an ECM uh, installation to run uh, is definitely is no not more cost, but probably the <clears throat> second point is more important than the cost issue by itself, which is the return of the investment. 
Yeah, uh, uh, we have a huge return of investment in this industry. I have projects in the uh, eight-digit number, eight U.S. eight-digit U.S. dollar projects uh, with a ROI under two years. Uh, this means uh, uh, you get a very fast payback of your investments. So you see the cost of the investment is going down and the return is going up. And this is the reason why I definitely will tell you this technology is not any more expensive for nobody. We see mm. today dentists, lawyers and so on start to use these technologies in their offices. This means uh, one single man company is using ECM because the technology is available and also we are coming back here to business continuity. Uh, the, these guys want to have a backup of their folders. They want to have a backup of their documentation and so on out of the office. And this is feasible today even for a one man office. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So so if I can if I can add to that, uh, I, I have uh, 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 several uh, you know, friends running uh, small businesses. I hope some of them are out there listening to us today. Uh, and I think uh, uh, they have realized that uh, um, in the past three months, a small investment, a small investment on a monthly basis, we are talking about less than a hundred dollars, uh, could have enabled their organization to uh, run from from anywhere. And and today, we are now in the uh, uh, in 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 Philippines, and I I think I have seen the process have been the same in most other countries. We are now in the uh, third phase of uh, opening up. We are now in the phase where consumers and customers are now expecting that things are back to semi-normal, but. In reality, our employees can still not go to the office because there's no public transportation or there's not enough public transportation. So, so even though you, 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 you are now in a situation where in theory you should be able to operate from in most countries, most places have still uh, a, a, some kind of a situation where it's not possible. Uh, so so, so uh, uh, the, the, the value of bringing in this technology for big organizations can maybe drive some big numbers in return on investment, but for smaller organizations, we are, we are basically still talking about the previous slide, which was the question, uh, uh, is, is, can we have a return on investment or is that important? Is it important to have a return on investment? How do I calculate a return on investment on CRM and ECM? It might not be something that you can calculate and it might not be important to calculate because it might be the loss of business opportunities when you are in the situation that drives that return. It is not the day to day that you can, you know, scan a document and then you can retrieve it faster than you could have uh, done the manual uh, process. But it is the availability of the information in the situation where you need it, when you need it and when the situation is different. So the new norm will be more people will be working from home. I don't know when we will get into a old norm or if we will ever get to an old norm. So we need to accelerate the investment into these technologies that organizations can prosper in this new norm. So uh, that's my point on this one, uh, Morali or Walter. I don't know if you have anything else to add. 
Okay. No, no, good. That's a good point, and I think uh, the key to all of this would be it's available now. The industry is changing. The data sources available, cloud journeys for everybody, affordable costs. Definitely, mm -hmm. adoption is picking up, right? It's what drives the adoption, right? They see yes. their competition picking up, they start to adopt faster. Absolutely. All right. Uh, great. Um, also, just to add, you know, um, finding the best practices, you know, is simply taking the time to research uh, what you are planning to do and finding uh, the best way to go about uh, getting it done, uh, which I think also applies for both ECM um, and ECRM. So um, in line with that, can you share some best practices and use cases in implementing ECM and CRM? I'll just touch upon it for one minute, right? In the next slide probably just to add while well, the slide talks of a lot of experience there if you go to the next slide please just one point today's world is about digital buying the consumer is ready to buy digitally so companies have to adopt to digital selling i think that's a key to the transformation that's going to happen well all of the other messages around you know the model of experience has changed direct selling has changed the key to the whole chain that is happening around us the digital buying, digital selling. There is a platform that consumers are more than willing to buy, especially Gen Z. Forget the fact that we are corporates. Even corporates now are ready to do digital buying. So that means there is an element of digital selling that's required. So organizations like ourselves, all of us on this call today, will need to find a way that that is going to change, digital selling. So two things that I want to touch upon very quickly in terms of what is going to change in the transformation is about the customers looking for value, right? Do we know what the value is that customers are looking for? How will they consume it? The next part of it is from a business perspective, what are the platforms that we deliver this to? One is technology, right? You have cloud now, everything is software as a service available, the consumer Netflix to Amazons of the world. You have everything available to the consumer. That's all technology platform. But from a business side, how do you translate this? Technology is enabling you. The business model has to change. So a lot of this goes back to what the consumer experience is going to be, customer experience is going to be, right? Uh, next slide, please, very quickly. So I just give a correlation to what I just mentioned. The ecosystem has changed. The customer's lifestyle experiences have changed, right? Fundamentally, the user engagement has changed. From that, we have gone from product-based selling to a tailored service selling. So one example of the ecosystem change, dramatic ecosystem change that you like to see, and I like to quote that uh, nice graphic slide, not very clear, but very graphic about the B2C, B2B, B2B, and D2C marketplaces. As an example, you can quote Ping An, one of the largest uh, insurance world in China, and everything is digital, is about the interconnected set of companies. So once you have a consumer on insurance, you now have the ability to start selling him retail experience on property, on food, on entertainment, on loans, on property loans, on car loans, but the consumer is still the same. So his experience now is going to be a matter of all of these ecosystem that's coming at him. Back to you, uh, Walter and Lars. Yeah, I would I would like to to add one unique word, and and this word you will find in ISO standards regarding uh, document management. You will find it in 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 ECM methodologies and so on. And this word is reuse, mm. reuse. Huh? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, this is the, 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 the main best practice that we are focusing on because in the matter of the fact that customer is sick and tired to go every, every time he goes to a bank branch, for example, and they ask him again for the same documents. 
Uh, because the first yeah. time he want to open an account, the second time he want to make a loan, and the third time he want to make a currency exchange or something like that. And he always yeah. need to present uh, an ID, uh, an address proof, and and stuff like that. Yeah, this means uh, uh, the 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 point is we have, we have not achieved this uh, until today. Uh, mm. To really make the content reusable. Uh, and yeah. for sure, if the content is reusable, this means everybody is drinking from the same place. Everybody yes. is using the same information. Uh, mm. And this definitely will give us a, a, a higher degree, uh, not just in confidence of the information that I have inside of my organization, <coughs> but also it will show to the customer a different experience because the guy will say, oh, this guy knows me, they have the information about me and they are not fooling me around every time I come in asking me for the same thing. Reuse, this is the word. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Rogel, you have a few more questions. I have seen there's also some questions on the, yeah. on the chat line. Yeah, before we go um, in to the last uh, audience questions, um, can you give some advice on the way forward uh, for business leaders uh, looking into the ECM and CRM uh, space? Yeah, so uh, I, I can uh, just give a very uh, uh, quick uh, advice, uh, uh, which is uh, just do it. I don't think there's any reason today uh, to hold yourself back. It's almost actually answering the, 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 the question that was posted. There, there is no reason why you should not uh, uh, get into these technologies today. They are accessible, they are affordable, they are easy to implement, and, and uh, uh, there are many, many choices. I'm sure there will be a solution out there that suits uh, uh, your organization, your company, and uh, if we are talking about business continuity, which is the uh, you know theme of today, uh, there is no uh, other investment you could do in IT that will help you better than to take care of your clients in one side and take care of your content in the other side. I'm not trying to sell against all my other uh, co-presenters <laughs> today, but uh, there is a good reason we put this uh, 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 as a foundation, the first uh, session, because without the uh, uh, information that is, uh, I think uh, the word was content is king was earlier said, uh, you know, there is no uh, other solutions that is going to work on top of anything if you don't have this information readily available across the organization. So with uh, with this back to maybe uh, Walter. Yeah, I would like to add uh, something uh, uh, and uh, using your expression, Lars, I, I, I will go a little bit further. I will say you are delayed. Uh, yes. Well, it's not do it now. You are delayed. This is the expression. And yes. for me, the best proof is the first researchers uh, after uh, post-COVID uh, are coming out. And the average that we find out is 12 to 14 percent, depend upon the research, of the employees are happy with the access to the information and the documentation that they had in the company when they went to their home office. Yes. 12 to 14 percent was happy. This yes. means that 88 <laughs> percent uh, was happy. not able to work properly from her own home office 
because yes. the information was not available or was not in the right place. Yes. Yeah. And and this is why I'm saying you are delayed. Yeah. Because yes. you are losing time now in this reality. And I'm sorry, but I don't believe in a new normal. There will not be a new normal. Yeah. I put I put in my LinkedIn today the 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 last post from Jacob Morgan talking about untact. Uh, instead, mm. contact is untact. Yeah. Mm. This means definitely there will be no contact. Uh, contact and in no contact, you need to. Go to one uh, trustfully information source and get information that you need to do your job and to get information to work with your customer. Yeah. Uh, and this is why I say definitely you are delayed. Yeah, do it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Walter. So I think that from a business leader perspective, acknowledging the fact that this is, like you said, there's no new normal. This is how it's going to be. The world has changed. For the business leader to acknowledge that one getting the content available accessible and securely so i think i keep stressing this word back on content being king but at the same time it has to be secure every consumer today is conscious that he or she has given his data to you they want you to be sure give him the confidence that it's safe that it's secure right i think for us as business leaders across the globe have to recognize we need to bring content for our people so like you said walter employees need to know they can get access to information quickly wherever they are that's key message for us number two is it secure when i share something with my customer i need to give him that confidence that it's only for his eyes it's secure nobody else has access to it i think these two are the key topics for yes. business leaders way forward absolutely all right, I see so we're already running out of time, um, but uh, we, we have an interesting question. Uh, one interesting question coming in from our audience. So uh, let me just uh, say here, um, should these technologies uh, be prioritized now? We're in the digital transformation stages. Should it fall under? Yeah, so I, I think that that's what I meant earlier. We kind of yeah. almost answered that in the last discussion. This is the priority now because you are already late. If you have not uh, implemented these technologies in your organization, then you're already late. And and uh, what happened in the last three months, if you have not realized that you are late, then uh, you're either part of the 12% who are not late or you are not listening to uh, you know the 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 vibes from uh, the market and the organization or you have maybe even closed down uh, your business already so so uh, of course then you're too late in any case so so uh, uh, i think the priority is to fix these issues now and as we said uh, in the first pillar of the digital transformation is fix the past that means you need to get all of this information into your system now as soon as possible so you can operate in this uh, uh, future. If, you, if you're not allowed to call it the new norm, uh, you should be able to operate in the present and in the future. Uh, and and uh, uh, it's, it's absolutely the priority, should be the priority right now. I mean, we are not talking about uh, technology that you walk into a retail show, store and, and the clothes in the mirror and uh, this is not what we are talking here today maybe that's why the question is is uh, is uh, asked this way we are not talking about that kind of consumer experience we are talking about the consumer experience that you want to order something online or you follow up on your order online or you call the call center to follow up on your uh, uh, process or your 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 business 
that kind of customer experience or consumer experience is what we are looking at now and that engagement that you are able to communicate forth and back with a uh, with value not with uh, you, you know if, if you call the if you call the most of the banks call center there's nothing that you could do that you could not have done yourself uh, uh, you know online banking most of the cases unless you really have a problem accessing your online banking. Uh, so, so, so that is not value addition. That is just, you know, another channel for doing the same thing. If I can go to the ATM or I can go to my computer or I can call the call center, if I can do the same in all these areas, we are not adding the value. There should be a difference between talking to a person than trying to do it yourself. They should have more information, better information and better guidance. So that's where the uh, uh, customer experience, the customer engagement happens is that when you add value, not when the chatbot just answer you out of the box kind of uh, uh, answers to uh, your follow up in, uh, following up on your delivery and you just get out of the box uh, answers. You know, you can you can already see that your your uh, shipment is stuck in some warehouse and it's not being delivered. If you just get chatbot uh, that is saying, oh, but we promised to deliver within two weeks and we still did not commence the two weeks. It's not answering your question. Uh, why has it stayed in one location for three, four days when it could have been shipped? So we need to get that engagement, that experience to the next level. And you can only do that if you take this technology and make it available to your employees so they can serve your clients better. All right. Um, thank you for that, uh, Lars. So um, unfortunately, uh, we have reached the end of our uh, 45 minute session. So for uh, your additional queries, uh, please email us at, at alianatechwanglobal.com and we'll make sure to get to them. So uh, once again, uh, thank you for sharing your insights uh, with us today, uh, Walter, Morelli and Lars. So once again, uh, have a good day and thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank, thank you, you Walter. Very much. Thank you. It thank was you. a pleasure. Definitely. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.